We've been talking about words, and I think, and I'm, if I can brag on myself, I think we've done a pretty good job of talking about your words or your mouth. Amen? Now, there is the biggest issue going on in the world today is money. One more time. The biggest issue, what's going on in Washington right now is about money. What goes on in politics is about money. I said something a while ago, and I'm going to say it again. I want you to listen to this. There's three areas, and if you control them, you control the world. If you control the government, if you control religion, and you control the money, you control the world. Those three areas. That's what I just named is called the New World Order. That's what they're wanting to control. Satan knows that you can't do anything without money. There is no such thing as a shortage of money. There is no such thing. Not in God there isn't. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the fact that there are two kingdoms on this earth. There's the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light. Satan is defeated. And the Bible says that he's under a curse. That means that people in the world have a curse on them. That's why you go to India and Africa and, and foreign nations and there's no money. Anytime that Satan's ruling, the money dries up because, he, because he's, a, he's a crook. It'll happen to him in America if America continues to rebel against God. So Satan knows that whoever rules them, whoever has the money, it rules. So God wants the church in, to, to be the religious force in the earth, yes. preaching the gospel. He wants us in the government. Yes. That means he wants Christians as a president. He wants Christians as a mayor. He wants Christians on the city council. He wants Christians as a principal of schools. If you, whoever's running the government is running the world. And he wants Christians to have the money. And when I get through with you today, you're going to learn how to get all you want. I'm going to show you how to do it. Are you ready? Now, the first thing I've got to do is get you over something. So go to Genesis 13, 2, and I'm going to ask you a question. Now, you might think it's a silly question, but it's a massive question. Is it wrong to be rich? Yeah, but what about all the poor people in the planet? We're going to talk about that. But you've got to ask that question, is it wrong to be rich? You, you've got to answer that. Because, because if it's wrong, you don't want to do something that's wrong. Right? Because then you would be in sin. The church is the brokest bunch of people on the earth and have the most poverty mentality. You don't go to Vegas in New York City and get a poverty mentality. The only time you'll hear anybody criticize someone for having a jet, it's a preacher. On Facebook right now, Jesse Duplantis got a, got a jet. Well, Hugh Hefner had a jet and nobody gave a roll flying rip whether Hugh Hefner had one. All he was was a Playboy bunny. And he's a rotten, he's burning in hell right now. Now, right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you a question. Is it okay for the president of the United States to have a jet? Why? He got to use it. He got to go places. Oh, jet, jet's just a tool. 
So if a preacher is over the president, and then he is, the prophet of God in the land trumps Trump. Is it okay for him to have a jet? Sure it's okay. But the only time you'll ever hear any criticism is if the church has a nice building and if the preacher has anything. Because that's the devil trying to keep you so you don't want to be in sin, so you think you got to stay broke to prove you're humble. Well, you're not humble because you're broke. You just broke. So the moment you start thinking, I want to be rich, you have this little, I don't know, I might get into covetousness. Listen, you can be covetous and be broke. And you can be covetous and rich. And you can be rich and not covetous. So it, that's, covetousness is a hard issue. All right, I'm going to say something else, and I don't want to make you mad. We're going to read a scripture here in a minute, but just gonna, I don't want to make you mad. But, I'm, but I might make you mad. We just hold on. Just grab hold of the seat. If God wants to buy a preacher an airplane, it's none of your business. Amen. When did he need to give you an explanation about what he does with his money? So, so yeah, I want you to listen. Just listen to me real good. So the people criticizing the preacher with the airplane, they're, they're being covetous. That's covetousness. My preacher got an airplane. I don't got an airplane. Why don't I got an airplane? You, you, you just shut up and obey God and you get you an airplane. Are you all out there? God don't need, a, he don't need to ask your permission to do something for someone. I actually had the Lord one time, I was asking him about a preacher. And he said to me very kindly, that's none of your concern. What he really meant was it's none of your business. And I shut my mouth. He said, shut your mouth. What I do with him is none of your concern. I went, whoa, what side of the bed? God takes some stuff real personal, especially when you start telling him how to run his kingdom. All right, I'm going to read something to you. I want you to see it in your Bible. Genesis 13, 2. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. What in the world does he need silver and gold for? All he is is a, is, is a hermit running around in a tent. God made him rich. And God can do what he wants to do. Now, the reason God made him rich is because he had a covenant with him. Now, y'all, y'all ready? Because the Bible says Abraham's blessings are mine. The, 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 oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So Abram was very rich. Didn't say just rich. Now, what's the definition of rich? The de- so I don't, want to, I don't want to throw you. The definition of rich means full supply. Now, what that means is that when the youth come and say, we want our youth to go to camp, and then they tell you that it costs $30 to wash the car. $30. 30 bucks. I don't want you going, I can go down here in the car wash for five. No. <laughs> <laughs> Write a check for 30, and I don't even want you to blink an eye because it should not even scratch the money you have. Now, I'm going to go ahead and get ahead of myself. This earth belongs to God. He didn't give it to the devil. 
He gave it to his church. I'm going to get scriptures in a minute. The money on the earth is yours. Shame on us for being broke. The money belongs to the church. Don't belong to Satan. But because we've had a poverty mentality. Now you get outside of the church and nobody has any problem with a businessman making millions of dollars. You let a preacher make some money. Are ah, you out of your ever-loving mind? I had a person came to me one time, and I won't tell you their name. Lisa bought a horse, and it was a Polish Arab, and that horse at birth was worth eight to $10,000 at birth. The, the sire was the quarter horse champion of the world. And this lady loved this horse. She was in love with this horse. And she loved Lisa. She sold Lisa the horse for $1,000. She said, I just want my baby to go to a good home. He's my baby. All these old people come wanting to buy my horse. I mean, at birth, eight to $10,000. So somebody came by my house, and Lisa's got her horse out there. And they asked me, what's it cost to feed that horse? And I wasn't as sanctified as I am now. Because if they asked me today, I'd say, well, don't worry about it. I said, it's quite frankly, it's none of your business. What we we cost us to feed Lisa's horse. Where in the Sam Hill did you ever decide? Your your tithe ain't paying no horse food. How arrogant is that? It's just stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. But yet the church is the most poverty-minded bunch of people on the planet. And Satan started it. Because you, until you get some money, you can't help nobody. You want to do missions? Takes money. Well, I believe in ministry. Takes money. I believe in helping children. Takes money. Everything, I don't know whether you understand this, everything takes money. Money is nothing but a tool. And you need all the tools you can get. All right, let's look at another one. God made Abram rich. Did God, did God cause Abram to, to sin? We've got three people know the answer to that. Anybody else know the answer to that? Did, call, did God make Abraham sin? No. Abraham's a Jew. Jews know you're supposed to have money. One of the curses of the law, of breaking the law, is to being broke. It's a curse to be broke. It's a curse to be broke. You're not a blessing. You're not blessed, broke. You, you're cursed. It's a curse not to have any money. It's a curse not to be able to make your house payment. Let me tell you a story real quick, and then we're going to get into this next one. Put it on the screen, Job. The world is interested in money. They don't want, they don't want if you've got a broke God, they don't want your God. Now, the ones of you that work construction, you understand what I'm about to say. A construction job is called Bondo Mobile Area. All the trucks on a construction job are beat up old trucks that blow smoke and they're made out of Bondo. You know what I'm talking about? Old raggedy Chevys and Fords and Dodges that barely made it to work. Well, I worked construction, but I'm a Christian and I got a hold of the Word of God when I was young and I went out and got me a picture of a brand new Toyota four wheel drive. Now, I made the same amount of money as everybody else on the construction job, same amount of money. $11 an hour, if y'all want to know. Not a lot. But I had a new truck. And they kept saying, where'd you get that money, Morgan? Where'd you get You selling drugs? You're doing drugs? I said, no, I'm tithing. They don't want to hear that. 
right in the middle of all the Bondo trucks is sitting a brand spanking new four, Toyota four-wheel drive that I bought. You say, how? I don't have any idea. I just tithed and obeyed God and believed God, and the, and the money came. We're going to get into that. It is a testimony to the world when you have money. And I want to talk to you. I'm going to, I want to tell you a secret. I'm going to, and it sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm not. Just hold your horses. I went, I went and did another um, uh, pistol competition yesterday. Out of 85 people, I came in second. I got to talk to 12 of them about Jesus. Because nobody wants to talk to a people who can't shoot a gun. The world don't pay attention to losers. And they don't pay attention to broke people. Well, you should have seen they were asking me all about the Pope and it was a ball. And we're sitting down there preaching the gospel to all these guys yesterday. Because I'm smoking everybody. They think, well, he, if he, apparently he knows something. Right? See, everything you do, you, you need to believe that everything I do, everything I put my hand to, I'm just using my faith with a pistol. I'm, just, I'm doing the same thing I'm preaching to you. I found out that you can have victory in every area you want if you want to do it. It's, it's not difficult. It's actually easy to do. Okay, never mind. You know, well, that guy's bragging again. I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not as good as I'm going to get. I'm, I'm definitely not staying where I am. And the Lord restored Job's. Job. Job was a billionaire by the world's standards when he went through his trial. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, the man's already a billionaire. He goes through a trial and God gives him twice as much. So we know that, that God's not a socialist. Because he thought, well, Job, that's just too much. So I'm going to make a statement to you about God. If, and I've said this before, but I want you to think about what I'm fixing to say. If everybody on the earth had never died, God could make every person a billionaire and you would not have even scratched the coins in his pocket. Amen. Amen. You, you've got to get over a lack mentality. Lack is man-made. There is no such thing as lack. How much water was here during the flood? Where did it go? And how in the world are you having a water shortage? North Carolina not having a water shortage right now. There is no such thing. Do you understand? Everything, the, there's enough money on the planet. All you need is faith in God. Your faith can produce it if, only if, you ever break the poverty mentality and get over, there's nothing wrong with me being rich. Amen. Once you conquer that, it's okay to be rich. Somebody's going to be rich, might as well be you. And if you are rich, you do not have someone else's money. 
God, didn't, God made Abram rich and he didn't cause him to sin. So it's not a sin for you to be rich, to be a full supply with more than enough money. Now, once you conquer that thinking, and it takes a little while of reading the Bible to get you past it, because when you go on Facebook, if you're a Christian with money, you're the, uh, um, Andrew Womack said, I've never been persecuted like I was persecuted when God started blessing me financially. Satan does not want you, a born-again Christian, having money. He wants to control it. I'm going to say something to you. Don't get mad at me. It's a sin for you to be broke. Now, I'm not trying to put you in condemnation. He told me I was a sinner. Listen, let me say it a nicer way. It's just, it's wrong for you to run around with a poverty mentality and somebody stands up and says, we need some help. And you go, I'd love to help you, but I got no money. Well, you can't help. You, you're, you're, you're no good to anybody. You can't even make your own house payment. And you're calling yourself a Christian. Nobody wants your God. That's strong preaching. Christians should be the richest people on the earth. America is rich by world standards because of our godliness. And you need to remember where it came from. All right. Now, we're done with that. Go to Proverbs 10, 22. In a minute, I'm going to teach you how to do it. Are you all okay with that? Three people. All right. Proverbs 10. The blessing of the Lord will make you poor. You serve God. He's going to take your money and send you to Africa. You're going to live in a mud hut all of your life. Drink out of a mud puddle. Drive a raggedy old car. You don't want to go in the ministry. And you certainly don't want to give your heart to Jesus. Honey, that's believed all over this planet. Look at the scripture. The blessing of the Lord makes you what? Rich. rich. It didn't say little bit money, little extra money, little extra money. He said rich, baby. The blessing will make you rich. Now, he didn't say you had to work harder. You know, I read in the Bible where Abraham used to just sit in the tent and the camels made him money and the sheep made him money and the goats made him money. I'm going to help y'all. Goats make goats. And if goats get their free will, they make lots of goats. And if a camel gets their way about it, they make a lot of camels. And all he's doing is sitting on his blessed assurance in the tent, and all the animals are making more animals. And then the goats are making some milk and making some cheese. And he wakes up the next morning, and goes, I'm richer today than I was yesterday. Hallelujah. And then they comes back the next week, and they got more all these pregnant little sheep and goats running around. And now he's got more goats than he ever had in his life. He was getting richer, and he just sitting in the tent. Why are you working seven and a half days a week? I'm going to preach some of y'all so happy you can't see straight. You walk out of here and go, my God, I'm going to be rich. You got to get over a poverty mentality to do it. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 21. You ready? Because I'm on Hare Lip Bear Creek. 
I think I'm preaching better than you guys ever, amen. I, I just, I'm so excited. I'm going to go down to the Baptist church and start preaching if you guys do not get excited. Deuteronomy 5.21. No, I don't want to read that one. Go to Deuteronomy 6.10. We'll read that in a minute. So it will be when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large, beautiful cities you didn't even build. Houses full of good stuff you didn't buy. Hewn out wells you didn't dig, vineyards and olive trees and orange trees you didn't plant until you are eaten and are full. Now, what was God doing with the children of Israel? Bringing them out of bondage into a land of plenty. That's an Old Testament scripture talking about the children of God. You're not under the old covenant. You're under a better covenant. If God would give people houses they didn't even build. See, Brother Hagin, when he finally got a hold of this, he started claiming houses. People started giving him houses, giving him houses. God has, he didn't say house. Jesus said to the rich young ruler, he said, talking to the rich young ruler, and the, and the disciples looked at him and said, well, then who could be saved? When the rich young ruler walked away, Peter said, well, who could be saved? And he says, if, you know, he who follows me, I will give him houses. Not house. Houses. He didn't say you buy another one. He said, give you houses. And house full of stuff. We got, I, I'm going to get ahead of myself because I don't want to do that. We'll get in a minute about the difference between meeting your needs and your wants. All right, now we'll go over here and says, read the one I was going to read, Deuteronomy 5.21. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or desire your neighbor's house or field or male servant, his female donkey is, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. What your neighbor owns, none of your stinking business. If you want what he owns, get, do what he did to get it. Now, see, that's what's going on in the world today is a lot of covetousness, and it even goes on in the body of Christ. Well, let's go back to Jesse's airplane. All that criticism is covetousness. If you want an airplane, you obey God, and God will give you an airplane. Give you anything you want. We're talking stuff. Well, anyway, we'll, let's skip the stuff. Let's just, get you, let's just get you out of debt first. All right. Go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him, that would be God... Who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think according to the power that works in you. All right, now let's just forget exceeding abundant. That's, that, you guys can't handle that yet. But let's just talk about above. Above means... You have all the money you need with money left over you don't know what to do with. That's above. 
That means that when you come to church and we say we're going to take up an offering, and we are, we're, we're working on the children's church, guys. We're going to be, I'm going to be spending about $15,000 on the kids. We've got about $3,000. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to stand up and say, I need 12 people, write me a check this morning for 1000 bucks, And I need some people to do it. Just write me a check, give me 1000 bucks, and do it. And now if you can't do it, don't get in condemnation. You grab your neighbor and say, I'll give five, you give five, let's go. Amen. That should not be hard. When we get done with that, you go ahead and give and stand on the word of God because I want you to start being so blessed that when then I'm going to start talking about the youth and a basketball court out back for the young people. And then I'm not done then. And don't worry, you're not going to go broke giving. It's never happened yet. You have never had a tither on this planet ever look back and say, I wish I'd never done that. But you have people all the time go, I don't tithe, but I don't have no money. Okay. Now, now we're talking about above. Now, we're talking about just above. Above means that your house is, you, you, you know, your house is paid for. That's just above. Your car's paid for. Your furniture's paid for. You go on vacation every year and you don't worry about it. That's above. But he didn't say that. He said he wants to do for you abundantly above. That means that not only do you have everything paid for, but you have so much money, you don't even know how much money you have. You're going, I will tell you something, honey. How much, how much money we got? I mean, I, I mean, Lord have mercy, baby. We have, I went to a man's house one time and I knocked on the door and I said, does your dad own a certain complex? And the little kid said, I don't know. Mama, does my dad, does dad own a certain apartment complex? She said, I don't know. Ask him. Now, when the whole family doesn't have any idea what you own, that's some money. I don't know what my daddy owns. He owns all kinds of stores everywhere. Now, if you own, if you own one business, that's good. That's above. But abundantly above. You don't just own, you just don't own McDonald's. You own all of them. And the Burger Kings. And the Pizza Huts. Now, that's abundantly above. But he didn't stop there. He said, no, nah, I don't think that's enough. So he said he's able to do exceeding. That means that all of the abundance, he's going to exceed it. Are y'all starting to get a mental image of money right now? It's like, my God, I ain't there. All right, well, this is why you're in church this morning. Because when you start studying this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm, I'm pumping you full of faith right now so you can get past where you are and God will take you where you want to go. Now, one thing about it is always remember that, that you're always going to start off as a seed in the ground, then the corn's going to come up, then there's going to be an ear, then there's going to be a, there's a process here. You're not going to go to millionaire next month. You're going to get a job and hold it down and start making money. Then when you get finished, I've told everybody I've ever worked for, if I stay here, I will own your business. Right. 
I did, and I meant it. If I went to work at Starbucks, I'd own it in five years. I would own it if you can buy one. If not, then I'll be Morgan Bucks. I'll start my own. Now, when I, when I was a block mason, listen to me, I got hired by a bunch of guys in my church, and they made a laborer out of me. Well, I got a trial and got on the wall and started laying block, and they ran me off because I wasn't a mason. And I'd get my work done, and I'd jump back up there and lay one block, and I'd run off the wall. And they'd run, Morgan, get off the wall. And, I would, and they'd run, well, they, they needed my laboring, so they didn't fire me. But every time I got a chance, I grabbed a concrete block. Well, you know, I, just, I always wondered how you picked up the mud and stuck it on a block and made it stay. I'd stick it, and it'd fall. And I'd stick it, and it'd fall. And then they'd run me off, and I'd go back. But at the end of about two weeks, I was laying block. I was standing up there and smack, smack, and lift it up and... Set that puppy on a wall and doom, 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 doom. and then I jumped down and go back to my job. At the end of about two months, the, the man looked at me and said, Morgan, get on the wall. And he made a mason out of me. I made a mason out of me. Because he found I was more valuable laying block than I was laboring. So they got a laborer, oh, y'all, anybody can make mud, and stuck me up on a wall. There was two of them on this company, and now there's three of us. And now we're, now we're building houses faster than we were because I'm running the blocks in. They're building the leads, and we're building a house a day. Mm-hmm. Now, I did something else. So y'all want to know all this? Yes. Then I picked up his prints. And I started reading them, and he ran me off. Shut up, Morgan. Get out of here. Go over there. They'd be over there laying out a building. When they're laying it out, I'd run over there and watch them. What are you doing? Morgan, shut up. I ain't shutting up. What are you doing? At the end of about two months, I'm reading all the prints. Now I'm laying all the buildings out. My boss fired me because I bought a new pickup truck. And he didn't have a new pickup truck, and he's the boss. He owns the company. And so they fired me because I bought a new truck. With this, what I'm teaching you. I learned how to do it. Even though I only made, I didn't make much an hour, I still bought a new truck because I used my faith. All right. So I got fired for having a new truck by a broke mentality boss. So I went to work at another company, and I hired on as a mason, and I told them I can read prints. And they made me a foreman. We started building, I built all of the warehouses on, on L.B. McLeod. Me and, me and a boy named Slick Rick. Everybody else laid 400 block a day, I laid 600. Every day the sun came up. See, nobody wanted to fire me because I was good. Well, they hated me because of Jesus, but they kept me because I'm good. I made them money. Make the people you work for money. They will keep you. Even if they don't like you, they will keep you. Then I took that knowledge and I went down and I bought a book, Ortho, How to Build a Playhouse. And I supersized it and built Lisa a house. I have any idea how to do it, but I knew how to read prints now. And I built it for $72,000. I maxed out my credit card every month. The bank had no idea I had no contractor. They had no idea. Don't tell them. <laughs> And I'd max out my credit card. Then I'd get a draw, pay off my credit cards, and do it again. And I built it by myself, whole house. All it was was a big playhouse. 
And we played in it for a while. Me and Lisa just played in this house. We pretended like we were mommy and daddy and everything. Fifteen years we played in that house. And then I sold it for 285000 Is that good money? I learned that while I was a mason making $11 an hour. See, that's the way God does things. You start off here, you go here, you go here, you go here. After a while, you just keep growing in grace and faith. Do you all understand this? So if, if, if Starbucks hired me, I got news for you. I, I'd be managing it in 12 months. I'd learn how to do all the coffee, and then I'd start. I'd, whatever they're doing, I, now listen, listen to this. If anybody else can do it, I can do it. That's a mindset I have. I don't care who it is. If you can do it, I can do it. If I want to, there's some things I don't want to. I don't want to learn computers because they keep changing them. That's why I let Justin do it. Every time you learn something, they go, oh, that's old school. That was last month. I don't want to do that. So I just play dumb. I don't know nothing about that. I don't want to know nothing about that. Are y'all getting this? This is not hard. It's the way God made us. You understand the life of God in you. You're a creator. You're made in the image of God. There's nothing that you can't do. Anything you imagine, you can do it. All right, now that's true of life. Just don't think you're going to start off as a millionaire next week. It's probably not going to happen. But you start where you are, and and the blessing of God will get on you, and you'll just go from there. All right. Mm. Let me just quote it. Go to Psalm 8. We're going to get into how to do this. I never, I won't say never, I've chosen not to have bad days. If you have a mindset, I'm going to learn something new every day. There's 365 days in a year. You'd be pretty smart at the end of the year. You don't have to do much. Just learn one little thing. If you can't, learn one thing a week. Let's learn one thing new a week. 52 weeks in a year. You'd be a pretty smart fellow at the end of the year. All right. I want you to read what I'm about to read. I want you to, this is going to be the make it or break it scripture. This is what separates the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it preachers from the rest of the world. This is the clincher here that is the great divide between normal Pentecostals and faith and word churches. This is the, this is the scripture. You didn't know. You, they didn't know it was in here, did you? All right. Psalm 8, verse 4. No, let's read 3. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers... The moon and the stars which you ordained. What is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him. You have made him, say me, a little lower than the angels. Now the word angels, if you'll look in the margin of your Bible, it'll say Jewish tradition. What did Jesus say about Jewish tradition? Jesus said it makes the word of God a non-effect. The the, the literal Hebrew word here is E-L-O-H-I-M. And if you'll look in the margin, it says God. In the beginning, Elohim. So we're going to read it as the word God because that is what the word is in the Hebrew. You have made man a little lower than God. 
We're not in the same class as dogs and cats and chickens. And you have crowned him, say me, with glory and honor and made him, say me, to have dominion over the work of his hands and put all things, say things, under his feet. So all of the things in the earth belong to God. And he gave dominion of it to you. The silver and the gold and the oil belongs to you. It's already yours. Now, the God of the world has chosen to lay claim to it and take it. That is the reason Satan runs the money. And he runs churches too. Preachers get up and preach against having money. How are you ever going to build a church and get the gospel out with no money? You're not going to. How stupid is that? That's stupid. You got to stay humble. Jesse ain't couldn't be humble. Got a jet. Looking for a new one. Getting criticized for it. So listen to me. If you're going to start believing, if you're going to believe what I'm preaching, if you're going to believe this that's in your Bible, you're going to get criticized for it. So you might as well just hang it up. I got criticized the other day by a real big dog, and he walked up and said, I did a research on you. You're, 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 you came out of Rhema. You're a name it, claim it. I said, I'm not just a name it, claim it. I'm the president of the name it, claim it. <laughs> you're going to sit and criticize me, you, 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 you goofy thing. Because God is the one. See, most people are going, oh, God, I need some money. Oh, God, I need some money. Now, we're standing up going, money, come. Amen. And they're going, well, that's arrogant. My God, I was in the church when he said it, Ethel. I've never been around such that, that prosperity cult. What are you, a poverty cult? Come on. Now, I'm going to tell you another story. It's just because it's, and the stories I'm telling you are true, and I got to change the names to protect the innocent, the guilty. But we had a man came to this church one time that was against the prosperity message, and he's a missionary to Mexico. And he wanted to preach a sermon in my church on on the on the rich man and the rich man in hell. And I told him he couldn't. I told him you're not allowed to preach in my church at all. And he got all mad at me. But anyway, he's a missionary to Mexico. Someone gave him an airplane. It was a Cessna 182. At that time, the airplane was worth about sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars. Not a lot of money, but back in 20, 25 years ago, that's what that airplane was worth. He said to me, I can't justify having an airplane that much money when there's poor people in Mexico. So he sold it and got him a pickup truck. Everybody's with me, just one say stupid. stupid. He used to fly from Texas down to where he goes in like two to three hours. We'll say four. Left on a Monday morning and got there by lunch. Preached the gospel from Monday all the way to Friday, got in his airplane, flew home. Wasn't wore out, right. wasn't tired, right. but he got him a truck. Mm-hmm. Say stupid. stupid. 
left Texas, took him two days to drive down there. He gets down there Tuesday night late. He's wore out. Takes him all day Wednesday to recover. He gets up and preaches Wednesday night and Thursday and Friday morning and leaves and drives back home. Wore the pickup truck out in one year. Cost him 20000 for the pickup truck. So he bought another one for twenty and another one for twenty. His money is gone. He's wore out. The truck's worn out. Say stupid. Stupid. The, the poor people in Mexico don't need your money. They need your God. They need the gospel. And he didn't preach the gospel because he's driving a truck. Are y'all getting this? And then, he, then we had the guy that got on the radio preaching against prosperity. Again, got on the radio. I won't tell you which one. Right here in Apopka years ago. And at the end of his message, he got up and said, I need you to send money or I'm going to go off the air. And I said, go. And he went off the air. How do you stand up and preach against money? And then ask somebody to send you something. Say stupid. That's stupid. When, you know, when people say this to me, oh, you remember that prosperity. I just want to go, you're stupid. You're just stupid. I'm getting real, I'm getting real. Got the earth, now I'm going I'm to show you this. Woo, glory to God. Look at, look at, look at Psalm 89.11. Pop it up on the screen, I want you to see this. The heavens are yours. The earth is yours. The world in its fullness, you founded them. Whose is it? Belongs to God. Now, he made you and I the steward over his wealth. But the devil's running the oil. The devil runs the diamonds. The devil runs the gold. The devil's trying to run the government. He, he's doing everything in his power to get all the money he can get. George Soros, y'all know who George Soros is. Oh, yeah. Billionaire. If you had that kind of money, you could stop him. All you can do is gripe on Facebook. George Soros don't give a royal flying rip about your griping on Facebook. Because he's a billionaire and you, and you, you had $100 in your wallet. Wouldn't turn loose of it if, if Jesus himself walked in the room and asked you to give it up. That's why he's causing so much havoc and you're not. I hope y'all are getting this. The world doesn't belong to the devil. It belongs to you. That means that if we have dominion over the gold and over the silver, that means somehow or another there has to be a way to get it to our hand, in our hands. Am I right? Yes. Say faith. faith. This, is, this is what faith does. All right. I'm going to read something to you. I only had four books at the beginning out there, and I know that at the end of the service, y'all are going to run out there and make a run on the books, How God Taught Me About Prosperity. There's probably not any left, and if there are, you may get one or two. We will order more, so don't freak out. I'm, I'm going to ask you, may I read something from this book? Kenneth E. Hagen is the man or the father of the modern-day prosperity message. Now, this is what the message says. 
You don't have to be broke and be a preacher. That's what the message is. And you don't have to be broke and be a Christian. And when he learned it, he started preaching it, and, and people got all up, bent out of shape over the whole thing. If people are being covetous, that's wrong. But how do you judge where Jesse's heart is? You can't. There's only one person that can tell what's going on in a heart. Who is that? And you're not him. So you have to be quiet when someone has money. You do not know how they got it. But y'all understand, I'm, I'm saying something very, very powerful here. You can have a very wealthy man, God blessed him. We have a preacher in, in Orlando that he's a, he's a pastor of a church. Some of y'all, when I say this, you'll know who I'm talking about. He is the man that did the real estate deal for Disney. How much money do you think that made him? Oh, you better believe it. They hired him to be the pastor of Calvary Assembly, and he never took a salary. He bought a Mercedes Benz, and he came under the gun from Christians, and so much so he had to sell a car. Say stupid. How stupid can you get and still suck air? This, this, this man wasn't even taking a salary. He didn't get his wealth pastoring. And they criticized him for having a Mercedes Benz. Well, there's people in the world need that. All right, well, he sells his Mercedes Benz. How much money are you getting? A penny? A penny? Selling your Mercedes Benz is not going to help the world. Boy, I, I could get all upset right now. I just get bent out of shape real bad. Because this, you have no idea how stupid this argument is. All of this is the devil trying to stop you from having anything because you can't do nothing. Sit and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. That's about all we get out of you. Now, this is Brother Hagin back when he first left his church, assembly of God preacher. And went out in the field and started traveling and didn't have enough money to take care of his own kids. Didn't make enough money to even buy, a, 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 had to sell his car for junk. And went to God and he was mad. I'm obeying you. Anyway, this is the story in this book about how God taught him what I'm teaching you now. The Lord said to me, go back to the book of Genesis. Well, let me read the rest of it. You can't believe beyond actual knowledge. The Lord said, I'm going to have to correct your theology a little. I had been indoctrinated with religious thinking, and unconsciously, I still thought that maybe it was wrong to have the things of the world. And the Lord said to me, I'm going to have to go back to the beginnings. I, and he, I, I knew you were talking about the book of Genesis. He said, I, you know I made the world in the fullness thereof, 89.11. And Kenneth Hagin said, yes. You know I made my man Adam. He said, yes. You know in the 50th Psalm that every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. Yes. It says in the Old Testament, the silver and the gold are the Lord's. Haggai 2.8. Brother Hagin said, yes, I know that. He said, it's mine because I'm the creator and I made it. And then I turned it over to my man Adam. And I said, Adam, I give you dominion. Say dominion. Over all of the work of my hands, that man Adam had dominion over the cattle, the stake. That's, it's okay to have a stake. I'm going to say something right now. I'm going to make you mad as I'll get out. Quit going into a restaurant 
and ordering what's cheap. Where's the $12 menu? That'll keep you broke. I went in a restaurant one time, Lisa and I, and it, was, it says it's called steak. It's ostrich. When you get a $12 steak or a $10 steak, it's not beef. It's bird. It's big bird. A steak is succulent. Don't put no Worcestershire sauce on a steak. Put salt and eat that. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> Don't buy all your clothes at the thrift store. When I walk in a store, if I find a shirt I want, I don't care if it's on sale or not. If it's on sale, good. I like sales. I like, I like buying four shirts for the price of one. But I'm saying if I find one and I go, oh, I like that shirt. And it's not on sale. I'm not coming back next month. I'm not spending $100 worth of gas watching this shirt. I'm going to buy a shirt. <laughs> Ladies, yes. when you find the dress you like, yes. come on, you look good in it, man. You're a foxy. And you're like, man, that is a dress. I love that dress. Don't buy three you didn't want because they're on sale. Buy the one you wanted to wear. God ain't broke. Come on, ladies, they've got to help me preach this gospel today. I bought Lisa a pair of earrings one time. I had a poverty mentality. They were diamonds. You know, when she opened up the box, she says, I can't see them. I took them back. I learned the hard way. Honey, don't ever buy her no itty-bitty little old, old new floppet diamond you can't see in her ear. Look like a silver tick. Come on. I mean, she's nothing being bad. But you know what? You got to train your men. I'm doing good on it. You better believe it. What a pretty lady. Dressed up so pretty. God wants her to be pretty. He wants you to feel pretty. He wants you to dress pretty. Come on. I said, I, gave, I give you dominion over the work of my hands. That meant Adam had dominion over all the cattle, over dominion over the world. He had dominion over all the silver and the gold, and so do you. And the Lord said, who do you think I made the cattle for? Who do you think I made the world for? Who do you think I made the silver and gold for? The devil and his crown? God didn't make the, all this stuff for the devil. 
How many people do you know right now that are filthy rich? How about, what do they pay a guy to play football? And nobody criticizes him. My God, you wait till Jesse gets an airplane and they'll be falling all over theirself. I've been carrying way more than a football around. I carry the glory. No, it, I made it for my man Adam, and Adam came along, and he committed high treason, and he sold out to the devil. Brother Hagin said, I never heard anybody preach this. Back in 1950, that's brand new to me. The Lord said, Adam originally was the God of the world. He ruled and dominated the world. That's the way I planned it. That, no, Adam was originally the God of the world. That's the way I planned it. Then he sold out to Satan. Satan became the God of the world. That's 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And he wasn't the God to begin with. And when Jesus rose from the dead, listen, he's not the God now. He didn't have the right to the stuff. But he has it because no Christian's ever come along and said, you get your hands off mine. So the Lord said, now the world can build a dance hall, a honky-tonk, a beer joint, a theater, and put neon lights over the front of it, dress it up nice. If you want to dress up a church. Well, I had a man came in one time when I built this building. He said, Pastor, I love your church. You kept it real simple, metal building. I'm glad you didn't go extravagant. Why not? Too much for God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'll take up an offering, but I'm not asking you to pay for nothing. You can be a part of it, or you can sit there and do nothing. God will get me the money. If he's got to send an old cow down the road with a bell on its neck and a million dollars in it, God will get me the money. Now, you can be a part of helping me with this church if you want to. And every time we start talking about something, oh, how much it costs. Well, we're not talking to you. We prayed. We're talking to God. Now, if he speaks to you, you obey God. But if not, don't worry about it. I expect my people to have the best place in town to meet in. Why not? The Lord said, I'm not withholding adequate food and clothing from children. That's not me. It's the devil. It's the God of the world. The money you need is down on the earth. It's not up here in heaven. And I'm not going to rain money down on you because I don't have any up here. If I did rain $20, they'd be counterfeit and I'm not a counterfeiter. You see the silver and the gold are down on the earth and it's where you need it. And then I said in Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will God cause men, 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 men to give to your bosom. Amen. What should I do? He said, first place, don't pray about money anymore. Well, if you say, God, I need money, where's he going to get it? Now, we started this whole series off by talking to you about Jesus spoke to the tree. Then he spoke to storms. Then, then he spoke to devils. See, everything Jesus did, he operated in dominion. Now, no, now go back to the story again. When, when Jesus told Peter, he says, we need tax money. He said, go and put a line in in the first fish, the first. How many fish do you think Peter caught? No. First fish is the first of how many? 
a bunch. So what did Peter do with the fish? Sold them. Where did he put the money? In his pocket. I'm going to come over here and put The first fish had their tax money. He sent Peter out to fish. Peter probably caught 25, 30, 40 fish that day. Took them to the market, put the money in his pocket, and gave Jesus the coin and said, here's your tax money. He said, thank you. He sent him on a trip and then paid him a lot of money to go fish for one fish. There, God, God is not pop, this old broke, don't care about you. And he sends you to do something. You're going to come back with exceeding abundantly above. Now, I'm going to tell another story. If we run out of time, I'm going to take it. Just hold your horses. You remember me bringing Nancy and Brooke in? I told you Brooke sells dresses. Do you know what the average bridal store girl, how many dresses they sell in a month? One. That's the average across America when a woman works in a bridal shop to sell a a wedding gown, they average one a month, sometimes one a week if they're really good. Brooke has been selling between one and three a day. She's a teenager. How is she doing that? Because all of the angels are going all over Washington, D.C., bringing all the people wanting wedding gowns to Brooke. She's been their top salesman for for several years. The book only cost a buck 95. She learned from Kenneth Hagin how to send the angels out and bring the money in. God don't mind you selling. If you're going to sell dresses, sell five a day, not one a month. If you're going to sell cars, sell five a day, not one a month. If you're going to build houses, build 20. If you're going to own a, 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 a restaurant, why don't you own 10? That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. You, oh, come on, y'all. I got to get you guys fired all up. Amen. Well, I don't even have a job. You can make money with no job. You know, we got kids building internets and Facebooks and becoming millionaires. And church Christians said, I got all money, I got money, I got all money. God can give you one idea. I have an idea right now that I can't do. It would make me a lot of money, but I can't do it. I can't tell you why I can't do it. Never mind. I'll tell Lisa later. And it wouldn't take me an hour a week. Yeah, okay. So Brother Hagin said, what I do? Don't pray about money. Claim what you need. There's that, claim it, claim it, blab it, grab it, folk. Brother Hagin said, I never heard anybody say that. That was a shock to me. And the Lord said, you say, Satan, get your hands off my money. Because he's the one that's keeping it from coming, not me. Claim it. It's down there on the earth. Satan has the most control over it because he's the God of the world. And if you want it, name it and claim it what you want, not just what you need. Now, I don't have time. We're out of time talking about what you want. Did you know God didn't want you to meet your needs? What's wrong with wanting something? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
Folks, he didn't put all the stuff on the earth of the devil. It's here. It's okay to have it. Now, here's how you do it. Now, we started off this whole series talking about your mouth. Jesus taught us about dominion. You can have what you say. I had my own business at one time. I won't tell you what it was. It doesn't matter. I went for two weeks and didn't make any money. Advertised it, everything I said. Finally, one day, I picked up Brother Hagin's book and I said, I have more work to do than I know what to do. I have money, money, and more money. Within a week, I was turning away people. I had so much work. I said, I have favor with God. I call the money in. See, see, Kansas, you start calling the houses in. Just say, I have more houses. I got hundreds of houses. I got a hundred girls working for me. Wherever your faith is, I mean, just start. Start where you are and start calling in. If you don't have a job, call one in. I have a job. I got one more story to tell you. I'm, I'm, running, I'm out of time, but I got one more story. I got to tell you this story. Justin was working at Friday's over in Lake Mary. Lake Mary. Hostess. And he said, Dad, I, I, I need more. Huh? Host. Host. That's not, he's not a hostess. He was a host. Okay. I was thinking of Twinkies anyway, so. Uh, he's a host. He said, Dad, I don't make enough money doing this, and I've been trying to get in the kitchen. See, you can put in efforts, and you get frustrated. And I said, I got into the house, and I said, let me show you how to, I did this. Let me show you how to do this, son. How much money do you want to make? And he told me, this is how much money I want to make. I said, starting right now, I want you to say, I make this much money. This is how much money I make. And I walked, I walked him through everything I'm telling you right now. And he did it for, you know, for about a week. And then he came back later and went, ah, and he started talking about, they're not doing this. And I said, no, no nobody asked them. You didn't ask, you're not asking them permission. You said, Jesus said, you can have what you say, Justin. How much money do you make? All I make a lot. I said, no. No, you can have what you say. How much money do you make? I now make. I finally got him back on it again. I make this much money. He said that over and over every day for 30 days. And then Pentair hired him and started him off. Was, wasn't Pentair then. Aquatic Eagle then became Pentair. And started and hired him at what he said. He called that job in. He called it in, guys. And then I looked at him and I said, how much money do you make? And he told me how. I said, no, no, no. Raise it. <laughs> Kick it up one, baby. I mean, stay, with, stay wherever your faith is. Don't say I have a million dollars. You know you don't have that kind of faith. But when I made 11, I said I made 12. When I made 12, I said I make 13. I made 13. I stopped right there. I said, nah, I make 50,000 a year. I started going for the year deal. Folks, I'm out of time. Look at me and say, I'm getting this. Sweetheart, I love you. But I got to quit. You come back next week, I'll give you one more story. Okay. And I make my own clothes. Good lady. God wants you wealthy. God wants you wealthy. You want it. If you'll get the scriptures that I'm reading to you and you start meditating on this stuff and you start doing it, it's called walking by faith and not by sight. You start doing this 
And you, you, you take this one step at a time. Every time you get to a place and you get there, I want you to kick your faith up. I'm, you know, I'm at this, now I'm here in the, in the name of Jesus. I mean, you just keep growing in God. And, and I mean, this time next year, you improve something every week, every week, every week, every week, improve something. And you grow in knowledge every week. You get on the word and start confessing. Wherever you are right now, I want you to kick it up into something above where you are. And I want you to start confessing it. I want you to start calling it in. Tell the devil, get off my money. You get off my money. You get your hands off my money. Now, I got to tell one more story. For the last year, I've been sitting in my living room, and when I pray in tongues, and you can ask Lisa, I'll always start praying. Money, 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 money. And at first it bothered me because you know how people are when preachers pray about money. He's after my money, trying to get my money. But God knows that to get the job done, I've got to have money. He's had me in the spirit calling money in. This church has gone up about 2,000 a week in finances since Lisa and I, we started off where we were, started, we claimed another thousand a week. When we hit that, we took off another thousand. Now we're at a certain level. We're fixing to kick it up again. What happens is, is that money comes through you, but it, it, don't get, it increases you. You got to increase for me to get my prayers answered. So your finances are going to go up if I keep doing this. Wow, y'all are getting this. Say, so I want y'all to say something. Say, I never have to be broke again. And I will never be broke again. Satan, get off my money. That is my money. God gave me dominion. I've got authority over it. That's my gold. That's my silver. And I, in Jesus' name, command it to come to me. I get raises when others don't. I have favor with God and man. Everything I put my hands on prospers in Jesus' name. I will never lack again. I will never be broke again. I am rich. In the name of Jesus. Now, you, you can't do that once. Once you plant a seed, you got to go out every once in a while and put a little water on that. Yeah. Because that seed's going to come up. What's it going to look like? It ain't going to look like a corn. It's just going to be a little thing. Blip. And you'll say, my corn is growing. And there ain't no corn on it. It's just a little thing right there. about that big. And you go out there and put a little water on and say, ah, I got some corn coming. And when it grows up, you'll see a little head growing up. A little head, not much, a little head. Got, don't open it. Leave it alone. When it gets done, that one seed will be a thousand. But it's your mouth controlling. I'm, I'm so far out of time. Money... Wealth is made out of words. God spoke it. It responds to the word of God. Angels.
angels respond to your words. To the word of God. When you start quoting scriptures, angels are listening to you. And they're going, we've been, we've been hanging around this guy for six years and we ain't never done nothing. But now we got some work to do. Come on, let's go get him some money. Amen. Are y'all okay? Let me ask y'all a question. Can y'all handle more? There's, there's more to this than I'm preached today. When God started teaching me this, I, I had a poverty mentality. I mean, I was, my, I, I thought poor. I was poor. I didn't have the money to buy a Coca-Cola. Now if I had, I wouldn't buy one. I'm serious. I didn't have any money. I had, when he taught me, started teaching me this, I had no money. And I loved the Lord, but I was broke. So there's a lot more I want to, I want to teach you, but I really, because this is, this, is a big, this is a big subject. In the world today, well, you can get criticized over this wicked fast. He's over there preaching on money. If you'll let me, I'll teach you how to, I'll teach you how to be rich. Now, I want you to remember this when you leave today. Money's just a tool. That's all that it is. It's just a tool. There's only so much you can spend on yourself, and after that, start giving it away. You can only own so many cars, so many houses. After a while, you're like, ah, okay, we have so much money, we don't know what to do with it. Now, now that's, when, that's, that's where God wants to get you. I got to take the time to teach you that Jesus was not poor. You don't have 12 men you're taking care of and you're poor. He's not poor. He had a treasurer. You got a treasure? You don't have a treasure unless you have a treasure. Judas had a bag full of what? He wasn't poor. It didn't have three nickels in it. It's, see, there's so much, there's so much junk been preached. If you just let me preach it to you and get you through this, it, it is so sweet to just go, where do you want to go on vacation this year, honey? Not which restaurant do you want to eat at? Honey, I don't know how to quit on this. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.